we get ready to jump into our fifth iteration, our fifth episode of our series, Masterpiece in Progress. Um, I just want to let everyone know that Ephesians is just one of those books of the Bible that has so many layers to it. And I think that's why it's important for us to uh, walk through this book. We've actually did a Bible study on it, and I just knew that it was something else that we would need to do as a sermon series. And one of the things that we have to understand is that God, through Jesus, has reconciled us back to him so that we can get the benefits that he wanted for us to have from the very beginning. And as we walk in this spirit of reconciliation is also causing us to fellowship with other believers, come together so that we can uh, reflect God's kingdom and his glory to everyone that we meet. In spite of our differences, in spite of whatever thing we'll be trying to cause us to be separate, it's still because of the, what Jesus has done for us and because of what he's brought us into, we are now children of God. And in our series, Masterpiece, we talked about the fact that a masterpiece is a uh, work of art, a, something that is done with superior or extraordinary skill. We know that a masterpiece does not occur immediately. It takes time and Thus, that's why we are talking about being a masterpiece in progress. And so our foundational scripture comes from the New Living Translation, and it's Ephesians, the second chapter in the 10th verse. And it says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. I think that's so good. I'm going to say it again. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. God has always had a good plan for us. He has always positioned us to excel and to be memorable in the lives of others. And so we just have to walk in what God has already set us up, positioned us to do so that we can do those things that he has planned for us to do. And so this time, this series portion that we're going to do right now is the second part of the second chapter of Ephesians. We're going to be looking through the second uh, chapter, the 11, starting at the 11th verse, going down through the 22nd verse. And the 11th verse starts off like this in the English Standard Version. It says, Therefore remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, 
who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances, that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace. And might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the home structure, the whole structure, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place, place for God by the Spirit. There is a uh, well-known feud between two families called the Hatfields and the McCoys. And they've been fighting this battle for, this feud I should say, for so many years, so many years. And if you did not know, it was all about a pig. That's what started this feud. But they've been fighting all this time. I mean, they made uh, TV, they've done cartoons, everything was about this big feud between the Hatfields and, and the McCoys. And they actually had to sign they actually had to sign a truce in order to, to end this feud. And it's just over something that could have been discussed and worked through it all these years. I think it was like fifty years or something like that. No, I think it was longer than that. Uh, that they've had this had this uh, feud going on, and there has been this hostility or this feud between the Gentiles and the Jews. The Jews or Israel was God's chosen people, and God told them, "I'm not choosing you because of you're anything special. I'm choosing you because I want you to be an example." to the rest of the world. Well, they took it the wrong way and thought they were better than the rest of the world. And so they had this air about them and really didn't show any respect to anyone that was not considered to be an Israelite or a Jewish person. And so when we look at that, we see how they set up these Rules. They had these things in position so that they could know that you were not a part of their family. One of the things that they had was the circumcision, which was a part of the covenant between uh, the Jewish people and the God and uh, and God. And they were they were proud of that, and they were used that to say, you know, you're not a godly person because you're not circumcised, because that was the time period that they were going through. So they had all these things in effect. And as you look at the scriptures, it says, Paul's bringing out the fact, listen, remember, you used to be those outsiders. You used to be uh, the Gentiles. And he emphasizes Gentiles in the flesh because now, because of what Jesus has done for us, things are now 
at another level. They're in the level of the spirit. And it's not about this, the flesh. It's not about the senses. It's about the things of the spirit. And so he's, Jesus has brought out the, uh, reconciled us to God in the spirit. But the Jewish people still had this uh, anger or this mental feud that they had because of the flesh. And he says, we were alienated. We were outsiders. We were the strangers. We were whatever other crazy word that you want to use to describe somebody that is not a part of the group. Uh, and it also not only not made us part of the group, it also separated us from the covenant of promise that God had given to them because we were not the chosen people. And with that, and without having a covenant of promise, that means we have no hope. It had meant that we had no uh, regard for who God was. And as time went on and as God was wanting the Jewish people to be this example of who he was, and as I said before, they went, took it a different way and thought it made them better than everybody else, God had the plan already in place that he was going to reconcile everyone unto him and cause us all to be one citizenry. For some of us that have lived long enough, there was a place uh, in Berlin. Berlin used to be East Berlin and West Berlin. They had a wall that separated the uh, communist side from the non-communist side of Berlin. And one side, you know, was under the communist regime and the other side was not. And it really separated families because one day uh, there was no wall. Then all of a sudden there was a wall and some families were on different sides of the wall. And it was just, just this big issue with this wall. Well, over time and as <clears throat> democracy started going throughout the world, that wall came down. And uh, at, when that wall came down, I remember seeing uh, people just running around with pieces of the wall, just celebrating the fact that they, there was no longer any separation between Berlin. And folks that had not seen each other for, for uh Years were able to see each other willfully and freely, and it just set up this environment where everybody was just happy because there was no more celebration. When Jesus hung on the cross and he said, it is finished, the Bible says that there was a tearing of the curtain that separated the holies of holies from the rest of the temple. And it says that the tearing was from the top to the bottom as if God himself had tore this curtain that was separating the people from himself. And now we can all approach God. It doesn't just have to be the high priest. In fact, the high priest is now in heaven because Jesus became the ultimate high priest because of his sacrifice.
And so the dividing wall that was established, Jesus in the spirit destroyed that wall. Just like the Berlin Wall was destroyed. And there should be a, a joy and a happiness because of the fact that we can now be reconciled to God. And that now we can be established in who he is in our lives. And because now we understand that the covenant, the promise that he's given us is that we will uh, one day live eternally with him because we have accepted the gift that he's given us, which is his son, Jesus. And so we look at how this all lays out and that God has reconciled us and because he has reconciled us, this hostility that, that, that was between the Jewish nation and the Gentiles is now abolished. So now there should not be any hostility. There should not be any uh, feeling better than anyone else. It should all be this unification because of Jesus. And that's what Jesus does. He brings us together and he allows us to become unified under his authority because of his work on the cross and reconciling us back to God. And so let's continue to look at this. And it says, uh, and he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near. That word peace, shalom, that word peace uh, in the Greek is Irene, and it means having this settledness, this, this, this uh, non-worry. This should be something we're talking about right now, huh? Just knowing to be content that God has everything under control. The other point that I wanted to bring out is because Jesus it says he preached this word, right? And he preached to you who were far off, those that were very far separated from him, and to those that were near, those Jewish folks that should have understood what uh, Jesus was all about, but some of them didn't. And this word that he was talking to them about peace. And Jesus said that the peace that he gives uh, John, the 14th chapter, he says, the peace that he gives to us is not as the world gives. This is a different level of peace. Knowing that everything will be well, everything will be okay, and that we can walk in the parameters of that no matter what's going on. We heard the story of when Jesus was sleeping in the ship and, and, and the, uh, the disciples was catching all these waves and all, and all this stuff was going on. And when they went and woke up Jesus, now notice I'm saying Jesus is asleep and they, they woke him up and they said, hey, don't you care if we perish? And Jesus gets up and said, looks at the sea and the Bible says, he says, peace. And then he says, be still. And then he goes back and laid down and said, you know, you guys just don't have any, uh, uh, a lot of faith. Having that confidence that God is going to do what he said he's going to do will allow you to go through the storms without worrying about the storms being able to destroy you. You hear what I said? Okay. Having that peace allows you to stay focused on God's going to take care of you through the storm, no matter what is going on around you, no matter how crazy it seems around you, 
God's got you. And if the boat was to get destroyed, God still has you and he would get you to the shore, even if you don't know how to swim. That makes me think about when Paul was trying to get to Rome and they had the situation where the storm came up and the, the Romans who were escorting these prisoners to, uh, to Rome decided that, hey, we need to kill these prisoners or else they're going to escape and we'll get killed. But then Paul stood up and said, listen, God spoke to me and says, if we stay in this ship, everyone will survive. So they, they believed Paul. And the very next thing that happened is the ship got broken up. And, but the thing was that they were able to use the pieces of the ship so that everybody made it to the land. And everybody made it to the land and everybody was okay. Trust God in the situation, no matter how crazy the situation is, and you will get good results. That now makes me want to discuss what's going on currently with this uh, virus. If you do what God says is to obey the, those that he has appointed to have rule over you, if you stay where you're supposed to stay and you do what you're supposed to do, everything will be well. And it could be possible that, you know, things get really crazy around you, but God's got you. And I just want to encourage you with that. God's got you. And just know that God's got you. No matter how it looks, God still has you. And so let's go ahead and jump on to the next little part of this. We look at how when Paul is talking about this, we were separate, but now we're together. He first makes it sound like we're a body that's been put together. And then he talks about our citizenship. He brings up how this should be a unity in Christ. And this is what he's bringing out, that we, should ha we have this unity because of what Jesus has done for us. It says, for he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one man in place of two, so making peace. Because we are unified, we have peace with one another. Because we walk in the spirit and not after the flesh, because we know the flesh only wants to satisfy itself based upon its senses. So God now has us walking in this mindset that we're unified with other believers and that we're walking together doing the things that are necessary for us to celebrate who God is in our lives. And so once we grab hold of the fact that because of the cross, we as Christians know where we're headed. And because of the cross, we are guaranteed citizenship. It is the country we belong in, the home and land we've been looking for all our lives. And then somebody said the color of our passport is blood red and our eternal visa has already been irrevocably stamped. And so we now have this citizenship in the kingdom of heaven because of what Jesus has done to draw us together, to make us one 
to operate in unity, to operate in the power of who Jesus is because of his obedience to the Father. When we walk in that, knowing that we are sitting in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, that he is our advocate, he is the one that has positioned us to enjoy the benefits, but not only to enjoy the benefits, but also to be the reflection of who God is to those that are in the earth that may not know who God is. And during this time, that is what we want to exemplify. We want to be that example of who God is to those that we encounter. Now, I'm not saying to go and necessarily meet people and violate the, the six-foot personal space and, and all those other th recommendations that have been given, but I'm saying if you can call somebody just to check on them or, or you can say something nice to somebody, uh, wave at somebody, you know, your neighbor or something, just being pleasant, it will draw them. And when they are drawn, when they see Christ in you, which is the hope of glory, they will get a renewed hope in that they have an, uh, an ability to have what you have. Because when they see your peace, when they see that you are not pulling your hair out, that you're not, uh, you know, you don't, your garage is not full of toilet paper, when they see all these things, they can say, I wonder why that person's not so stressed out. And you can say it's because my hope is not in this virus. My hope is not necessarily in just what the authorities say. My hope is in God who has this all under control. And because my trust is in him, I know that he is going to work all of the situation out for my good and for his glory. All right, let's go ahead and do, finish up this last little bit. As you look at uh, verses number 18, it says, For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. The Bible talks about how we are living stones, that we are these parts of this temple, this body that God has established for the world to see with Jesus being the head. And because of that, when we walk in the spirit, as we do things according to what the word of God says, like we always say, if we do it the Bible way, we get the Bible results. We will get the results that God has for us and what he desires for us to be as ambassadors and examples in this world. But, or I should say, however, the best thing about us walking in the Spirit is that we will exemplify the fruit of the Spirit and we will be loving, we will be patient, we will have temperance, and we will touch other people's lives that will then have a desire to have those same characteristics in their lives because of the example that we set. And because of that, we can be 
a living epistle, as the Bible says, a living letter, a living example of what God can do in the lives of his people. Now, we have to gravitate towards the fact that God has chosen us to be his examples. And we have accepted the gift of Jesus into our lives, which now makes us an adopted son or daughter of God himself. And because we are in his family, we are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. We are established in a new mindset because of our acceptance of Jesus in our lives. And I want to encourage you throughout this week to know that as you draw closer to God, the peace of God will cover you even greater. The power of God will give you strength to overcome whatever is trying to pull you. And God's grace, his unmerited favor will cause situations to open up in your life and on your behalf that he will be glorified in and that you will say only by his grace. With that said, we're going to go ahead and close out with this. That God has set us up. God has positioned us for his kingdom. Set us up, positioned us for his kingdom. And everybody in his kingdom has a responsibility or a task. And if it's simply just to be an example, then let's be the best example, the best whatever plan that God has for our lives that we can be. Wouldn't you agree? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to look into your word. I thank you, God, that you have provided us with this peace. And even though we were separate because of Jesus, we are now called into the family. We are adopted in, and we are your sons and your daughters. We thank you that you have made us and that you have set up this situation whereby you will be glorified. Father, we ask now for your wisdom. We ask for your mercy. We ask for your grace. Father, we ask for your peace. We ask for your joy. And you say that what, when we ask that you will give these things to us and that you will give, us, give them to us without any uh, variableness, without any, you're going to give it to us completely as we yield to you. So we thank you even now that we have the victory as we trust in you, as we hold on to your word, and that we can stand upon your word to know that it will op operate in our lives for your glory. We thank you. We honor you for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.